0: This is The Modern Indian, and I'm your host, Shipra. And so today we will be talking about a topic that has been a constant struggle for women and especially working moms, and that's nutrition and health. Uh, we have all been there. I know we all work hard, take care of a million things in a day, and the one thing that often goes on a back burner is our nutrition and health. And so today I thought it would be a good idea to talk to you a little bit more about why that is, and what can we do to perhaps fix it or maybe make it better. So who better to answer this question than a health and wellness coach? Uh, Please welcome Abha Sharma from the Health Has No Finish line. Hi, Abha. Hi, Shipra. Thank you so much for having me on today. Thank you so much for coming in. And this is so great. I, um, I really appreciate you being on my podcast. Um, as you know, people, we interviewed a doctor, Dr. Ronesh Sinha, and that was one of my most uh, popular downloads because it talked a lot about women's health, women's heart health. And it's one thing that I know everybody talks about. But there is so much more I- into that discussion, especially when it comes to nutrition, that I thought that it has to be, there has to be a part two to that episode. And I have to have someone talk about the nutrition aspect of it and how our culture, how our lifestyle really plays a very important role. Um, So yeah, welcome to The Modern Indian. Thank you. Yeah. And um, I I
1: personally had listened to that uh, episode. That was a great one. So uh, I feel honored that you're following it up with, with me on as your guest. So yeah, I'm excited to dive in.
0: Oh, yes, of course. I've seen your website. I see what you do. And um, I was excited to talk to you about. Um, so I guess we should start by perhaps we should ask you about your journey, how you got into all this. And uh, how did you become a health and wellness coach? And tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, so I grew up in Southern California. And I, 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 currently live in Southern California. So um, both my parents immigrated from India um, in the early 70s. And, you know, my parents, I think, like many uh, Indian immigrant parents or uh, immigrants from the Indian subcontinent, were more heavily focused on academics and making sure you do well and excelling only at that. And, um, you know, weren't really focused on being physically active or um even getting involved in physical extracurricular activities. So uh, we led a pretty sedentary lifestyle and um, you know, food like in many Indian households was a celebration, a reward, uh sometimes a, a punishment or held if you weren't being good, so to speak. So um a lot of that played into me um You know, becoming overweight as a child, uh, that staying with me into my teens and as a young adult, and um, it was when I was a young adult and I had moved abroad. I I lived in Nepal for about uh, five and a half years for graduate school, and um, I noticed that I lost weight, and it wasn't that I was intentionally doing anything, but. You know, of course, when um, at the time I was living there, it's not like I had access to all these processed foods. I was eating what we had in the cafeteria, um, and you would walk a lot to get places. You weren't necessarily, you didn't have your own car, um, so there was just a lot of physical movement, and um, I would come back home for vacations, and my parents would notice I lost weight, but then say, well, you know, why don't you eat? You're going to lose the weight anyways. So this was kind of a back and forth where I would, you know, live abroad for half a year, um, get to a somewhat healthier weight, come back, gain it back. And so it was it was very much a disordered eating pattern. Um, and towards the end of graduate school, I, I, I started, for some reason this got in my head that I could just walk around the whole day and subsist on, um, I, cause by the time I was done, there was a lot of imported foods there. Um, so you could buy a Snickers bar for like 40 rupees. So I would buy that <laughs> and, uh, and walk around the whole day thinking like, wow, I'm getting skinny, so to speak. And, um, and it was actually a professor said, you know, um, you, you, Need to stop doing this. You need to actually eat, which was was which was pretty remarkable because this was an older male professor who maybe um, is of the same could have been of the same thought process as everyone else, which was like, "Wow, you look skinny. Who cares how you got there?" Right, right. Um, so yeah, that was the, that was kind of what I went through, um, and when I returned back for good. Of course, I gained back a lot of the weight that I'd lost um, because I was, again, just sitting at home prepping for, you know, examinations related to, um, you know, the studies I had done. And, uh, you know, one day I just looked at myself in the mirror and I said, oh, gosh, I, I don't recognize myself. Right. Um, so so that's what, what kind of led me on this path of uh, discovering my own health and wellness and Than wanting to help other women.
0: That makes sense. And it's such a relatable story. Um, I know that most of us listening would be like, yeah, that that sounds very relatable. Um, Because uh, like for my family, my dad's side of the family, uh, they have like obesity is kind of in the genes, they all are a little bit overweight, not obese, but definitely overweight. And so my mom recognized that that pattern. And she was like, when We were growing up, she was very conscious of that, so we would only get like home cooked meals and fresh food, and uh, you know, we would be running around quite a bit. So, I was really small, like in terms of like my weight, I was very appropriately weighed, but I knew that I had the tendency to gain if I had just let go. And so, uh, it and it, what what struck me about what you said is that. I remember when I was in, in working for the first time uh, and I was working at the airport. Uh, that was my first job. And uh, I thought that, oh, look, I'm really skinny because everything fit really like small. And you know, you feel kind of invincible. You're like, oh, I look great because I'm so skinny, but I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't eat for hours and hours, not because I, I deliberately didn't want to eat. It's only because I would forget. I would just do other things and food was not part of something I would remember. And eventually, I got ulcers. (laughs) And that was a wake up call. And then my doctor was like, Yeah, you need to eat. (laughs) So um, so it's such a it's such a weird thing, nutrition that that balance that you need to create. And I think that's why I wanted to have this podcast with you because it's it's such a difficult balance, either you go, you have to kind of make sure that you're eating to stay healthy, but not overeat to become unhealthy. So, you know what I mean? Oh, exactly. And yeah, we, I think
1: because, um, and and I think this is true for, for all cultures, but like particularly for, for us, because, um, we're speaking from our cultural upbringing, You, you know, I noticed that like, for example, for my family, there was no talk of, you know, exercising or being healthy or understanding what you're eating. But then when I hit age 18, um, you know, some family friends in front of me. You know, a lot of times, like older Indian people will talk about you in third person when you're there. <laughs> like, like I'm right here, but you're talking about me. So, so I'm sitting there, and this this uncle tells my mom in Hindi, like, "Oh, yeah, you know, she's going to need to, um, you know, if I translate this exactly, like, reduce the weight." For marriage. And I was oh, just God. kind of like stunned. And then, you know, of course, my parents didn't say anything to him because it's like, oh well, we can't be rude to someone that's come to our house. Of course. Uh, you know. But um, yeah, so there's so much focus on like I felt okay, at a certain point, it's just oh, the aesthetic, like you must look this way because you have to get married, not because, okay, maybe Getting to a healthier weight is just good for you overall.
0: Yeah, I mean, I really would love to dive deeper into what you just said—the South Asian culture. It's, um, it's so strange. We have, and we all go through that, right? Uh, whether whichever generation you belong to, this is a common constant in every one of them. That weight is usually considered. Um, synonymous to how you look not about how your body is actually feeling from inside so people will be like oh yeah you're really fat you should lose weight to look good and get a get a husband which is such an uh, offensive thing to say <laughs> and really not true um and for i remember uh, i gained weight after i had my first child which is a, a very um sort of, uh, it's a very natural thing for every woman to go through. And so I went, I jumped like a couple of sizes, because I got pregnant, and I had my first baby. And um, I remember uh, a very close relative actually said to me, Oh, we saw so many of your pictures before marriage. So did you lose weight to get married? And I was like, I don't even know how to respond to that. That's insane to tell a woman that. Did you lose weight to get married? Is such an offensive thing to say. Um, But uh, this—why do you think that in South Asian culture this is such a big deal that they don't consider weight or or healthy eating and lifestyle as a a healthy choice, but only the aesthetic part of it is important to them? You know, from
1: so speaking from you know what I've seen from. From my personal experience, I feel like, the, um, like the, the disconnect or maybe not understanding it, like, for example, for my parents is, well, when they grew up, um, you know, my mom would walk or ride her bike a couple of miles every day to go to the university that she was going to and groceries, so to speak, or basically, you know, fruits and vegetables and grains, you know, she would walk with my nanny to you know the the bazaar and and get it and 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 even if they were going to take a rickshaw back, you know, my nanny would kind of try and bargain with the rickshaw drivers, and they would end up just walking <laughs> back with all the groceries. Yeah. So yeah. so there was just a lot of just oh we're we're moving our body because that's just what we do and not necessarily, oh, we have to go to the gym and work out for an hour. And then, so, so of course, because they're moving their body so much, um, you know, I know that when my mom was growing up, they ate mostly healthy vegetarian food, but they also ate like, like chini paratha fried food.
0: yeah. Uh, And then I
1: remember when I was a kid and I went to visit my nani, she was making her own butter but she was making it literally. So I'm like, of course you can have butter if, you know, just a lot of butter and, and heavy foods if you're literally burning all that energy. So I think when they came here, um, all of a sudden it went from walking all the time to getting in the car and getting on the freeway, or you just drive up to the grocery store, pull it off the shelf and get back in the car. So, um, you know, I know my, my, at least my dad has told me and my mom did too, that, you know, oh yeah, all of a sudden it, they, they were puzzled why their pants couldn't fit anymore. And, you know, my uh-huh. dad was like, why am I getting a stomach? So, so I think because it's, whereas here it's such a, just part of the culture, like, okay, you're going to do sports and dance and, and, you know, as a adult, you know, go work out and de-stress. Um, I, I think, that From my personal experience, that's why there's that, that bit of disconnect um, in terms of understanding it.
0: Yeah. I mean, one, another thing I noticed is that back then, like now, um, some of the, that generation people will tell me, oh, you know, it's healthy. We've been eating it for years. What they thought <laughs> is that back then they would also actually make it. And so everyone is sitting <laughs> down and like crouching and, and making the Adda and you know how you, you would, you would do the Adda back, in the day, they would actually grind it on those wooden things. And it's exhausting and a full workout in itself. So yeah, totally, we are eating the same foods, but it's so much more processed now. And that it wasn't back like 50 years ago, right? So people would go to the fields and pick out the fruits and all those things are counted as activities. Whereas now, as you rightly said, we just drive to the store, pick up the food, and there you go, it's on your table. So I I totally agree with what you said. That disconnect is because they don't realize that while the food is still the same, the, the processing, the limited amount of energy required to burn it... It all contributes to how it, re- it it affects our bodies now. And again, one another thing I wanted to ask you is, um, in the South Asian culture, just generally, uh, they would, on one hand, constantly tell you to lose weight, you know, be healthy, lose weight, but then they'll also have foods like gulab jamun and, and meat, uh, you know, barfi and everything in every single meal. And that is such a... It, it bothers me every time I would go to a wedding and they'll judge women by how they're looking and however they'll be like and then there's like a a plethora of mitai next to you. <laughs> so
1: bizarre. Yeah, your plate is being analyzed by by all these eyes and then it's like, Well, why didn't you take it? It's like yeah, hey, I'm gonna exactly. eat what's on my plate first and then, you know, maybe I'll take a piece if I'm you know, if I wanna enjoy it. But yeah, the um the sweets and, uh, especially associating it with affection and, and celebration, um, you know, which of course it's good to indulge, but I know like my parents still like, they've learned to lighten up a little bit on it. But like my dad, if he goes to like this, the Indian sweet shop, um, he'll ask me, you know, do you want anything? And I say, well, you know, I'll, if you can get some kaju burfi, like, a couple of pieces for me. He's like, no, they only sell it by the pound. (laughs) So then he'll show up with a five-pound box. Whoa! (laughs) And I tell him, okay, I'm going to have to take this to work because – I mean, I'm not going to eat this whole
0: thing. Totally. Totally. I mean, I I mean, another thing I find uh, bizarre is, uh, you know, on one hand, women are constantly told to like lose weight, look good, lose weight. You shouldn't be overweight. That's constantly what we've been hearing all this while. And then I know that if you have a plate of salad and not eating, then the same aunties are going to turn around and say, oh, are you dieting in a very condescending tone? and i once or twice i have turned around and said uh yeah as you said i should <laughs> so <it's, laughs> you know it's it's such it's a very interesting uh mindset i'd like to study how they how they <laughs> think exactly
1: and i've noticed like um uh, you know with in, in regards to you know eating vegetables and which you know are i tried to explain this to um you know, my extended family, I don't know if they necessarily have even wanted to, you know, take this in, but you know, the information, but you know, if, if I'm um, eating dinner and I filled my plate with the vegetables, maybe a little bit of rice or just a roti. And then, you know, if my in-laws are having chicken, so I'm filling the plate and then they'll ask me, oh, um, you're not, you're not, you're not going to get full like that because you're not, eating carbs and so i'll explain well no the vegetables are carbohydrates and then um then i get that the uh response of well no you're not eating the heavy carbs meaning (laughs) you know taking a full plate of white rice (laughs)
0: yeah totally oh my goodness i i think they all need a course in nutrition and the the facts because i've heard that too what you rightly said like oh you're not how will you be full if you don't have a full plate of roti <laughs> it's like I can still be full in a full plate of dal. That's totally fine. Um, so I think I wanna I wanna dive a little deeper into another topic that I think uh, is very interesting to me. Uh, why do you think that healthy food habits and healthy nutrition? specifically is not a part of conversation for younger girls in South Asia.
1: Oh, in, uh, in, in South Asia in particular, or in, in, in basically the, the Asian South Asian American culture. South
0: Asian American. Yeah. South Asian American.
1: I, I feel it's, um, you know, because a good percentage, um, and I know this is a generalization and, and you know, that the immigrants from the subcontinent do come from different backgrounds, but because a large percentage are from, um, say, uh, uh, college-educated backgrounds or maybe um, families that are immigrating to the U.S. specifically for education, I think because they're coming here for so much opportunity that you know, maybe they didn't have available to them um, in their home country. The focus is so much on that, and not um, and and making sure that their kids carry on that same um, sort of tradition of pursuing higher education and not letting anything get in the way, so to speak. Right. Right. Um, at least that's what I can see um, for most of the families that I'm familiar with. Um, and, and then another thing in addition to that is if, um, say the family that immigrated here maybe came from, um, a less well-off family or, um, you know, did have to go through quite a bit, um, in their upbringing to even get in higher education in India, uh, there, uh, and maybe the, you know, food resources were limited. There may be a mindset of, okay, well, now we are able to live a comfortable life. Um, why would we limit what we're eating? Um, you know, yeah. especially if we're celebrating our accomplishments.
0: Right. That's true. I mean, because you're right that it's uh, especially because we're the focus is not on health and nutrition. It's mostly focused on how to get ahead, how to be successful, kind of justify making that move. Uh, but Uh, say, suppose you are born here and, uh, you know, how do you think, like, I wonder how, because I wasn't born here, right? So I'm not sure how that conversations go. I do see a lot of girls, young girls who are really conscious about what they're eating now, which is such a great thing to do. And then also the fact that they're active, they're participating in sports and other things to keep themselves fit. But um, I do wonder what kind of conversation they have in the house? Like, do, do the, are they supported in, in eating healthy? Um, and so that would be an interesting, interesting uh, statistics to find, but yeah. What, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I do see, I, well, I can definitely see the contrast between um, because I have a five-year-old daughter. And so I've made sure from the start that, you know, because they do mirror and copy everything that we do as parents, especially young girls with their moms. So I made sure from the start, you know, there's never any negative self-talk about myself, like, oh, you know, like pinching a part of the body and saying, oh, I look fat or, um, you know, just criticizing myself about physical appearance and not necessarily just about weight. Um, We have a scale in the house, but um, I don't get on it every day in front of my daughter. Um, And when she stood on it, um, she's cause she's curious. It's a digital scale. Yeah. She'll look at, read the numbers and, I'll, and I'll just say that's a very healthy weight. Yeah. Um, but, but when she's with, um, say the grandparents, um, you know, for a couple days a time, at a time or a week at a time, um, you know, sometimes I'll notice that she'll come back and talk to me and say things like, um, for example, um, there was, uh, some cake and she came up to me and she said, um, have I been good? Can I have another piece? Aww. And so I, I just kind of openly asked her, I said, Oh, what makes you say that? Um, and so then she said, Oh yeah, you know, when I'm with my grandparents, they, they, they say, Oh, you've been good. So you can have more, whatever, ice cream, cake, dessert, um, so I, I do notice that contrast between you know the two generations um, in terms of how we talk about food.
0: Totally, and it's not just the generation difference; it's also uh, gender. I see people talking to the boys so different than to the girls, um, and and that. Uh, baffles me um so it's it's uh, really interesting to see like my, i would see my my older generation would talk to like oh you know he's not gaining weight he needs to gain weight and on the same conversation they'll be like oh she needs to eat healthy need, needs to stay in fit and that just baffles me i'm like why can't we have this universal scale of eating healthy
1: yes i noticed that contrast um in, uh, especially in the Indian and South Asian community. It's like, if say a young, like a boy, my daughter's age, um, is healthy, but you know, maybe just a skinny frame, they'd be like, Oh, he's too thin. He, he needs to eat more. He's maybe he's not drinking enough milk.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but if a, a little girl that age has the same frame, it's like, Oh wow, she's so skinny. She's not going to have any, Problems in life. I've heard that phrase before. Oh my god! Um, Awful. So yeah, it's and and you know it 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 can be challenging navigating that because of course we're you know very blessed to have you know my daughter has both sets of grandparents. Um, so I just make sure that I keep my talk to her very solid to create a foundation. And I just always reassure her, you know, you don't ever need to feel like you need to behave a certain way to eat something. And it's not a punishment either, because when I was growing up, I, I, I heard that. I mean, it was like, like, okay, well, you you know, you, um, you know, did you get good grades? Then we'll go out and, and, you know eat at such and such restaurant. Otherwise we, we're not going to go out, you right. know? So, so it's, it's, you know, sort of changing that mindset around, um, which is a constant, um, thing that I work through because obviously if you've grown up hearing that there can be a tendency to continue that cycle.
0: Yeah. That's actually a really good point you made that I didn't notice that I've heard that too, that we would associate food with a punishment or a, or a, or a, or a gift, um, or a celebration. And you're so right that we, we've, I've heard that plenty of times from people that, Oh, if you, if you be a good boy, you're going to have ice cream. And, uh, you know, it's, that's not, that's not really a good, uh, positive, uh, sort of, uh, in enforcement, uh, when it comes to having a healthy food habits.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. It's, it's, uh, and, and with a lot of, you know, things we've discussed so far, I know it's, present even in other cultures, but definitely it's very
0: strongly present in ours. My family, uh, we're all like very different people in terms of our weights and our body types and health. And so sometimes as a as a mom, it's very difficult to, to cater to certain needs. Um, and uh, so my, my daughter, uh, we got all, you know, we have our yearly physicals. And my daughter, uh, all her reports came out really well. And the doctor said she has a very healthy uh, BMI. She's actually doing really good. She's more physical. It's excellent, especially after middle school, because in middle school, they make her, you know, run a lot. There's a lot more physical activity. So I was really happy to know that she's, you know, she's on a healthy weight. Uh, All her levels were good. Everything was um, knock on wood good. And then I looked at my, my son and he is underweight. Uh, like by the doctor, not by me, not by me, but the doctor actually said uh, he's underweight, um, and that I we all know. So it's a it's a lot of struggle to maintain his uh, his levels up because he it came to a point where the doctor actually got worried and said maybe we should you know test out other things because he's just not gaining enough weight. Um, so as a mother, it's so difficult because on one hand you have to be like oh this is great, but on the other hand you have to look at the other child and go goodness, you need to eat, anything is fine at this point.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and it's, and exactly, it's like you, you want to keep your language positive around both of your kids, but it sounds like, you know, you're, like, for example, your daughter just would continue to eat healthy and stay active, but then your son, you may have to focus on like, okay, um, you know, how do we get you to eat more protein and fat in the diet so that you you add on a little bit more healthy weight. Um, so do you find yourself like cooking separate meals for them?
0: Uh, not separate meals, but um, I sometimes have to cater a lot to, to his uh, so additional, uh, in addition to what I'm cooking. So for example, uh, these days, my husband is making a point to make him run for about a mile every day because he's like, the more physical he is, the more hungry he will get and hence he will eat, Uh, well. And then we will make protein shakes for him. And so that's something I didn't do for for my daughter because she was getting her vegetables, she was eating healthy. So for my son, I have to, in addition to the dinner, I have to make him protein shakes. Um, And in that, I will add add anything that is in my fridge that has good protein and fat. So I would put like avocado and spinach and uh, protein powder and and strawberries, whatever I can find. And then I would make that shake for him. And then he would have that. But so I don't have to make a separate meal to answer your question, but I do have to supplement it with other things to make sure that he gets his levels. So sometimes it's like, it's a lot as a mom sometimes because it's like, oh my goodness, he needs to gain weight. And then I would turn to my daughter and be like, no, you're good. So it's it's a struggle. And then sometimes uh, like because she's gaining height, um, sometimes I feel like, is she not getting enough protein? Maybe I should focus on her as well like in terms of eating but uh but yeah so she is she she inherently has a good habits just generally so she generally will eat chicken she'll eat uh you know fish she'll eat vegetables. so i'm not too worried about her so when on and off when she'll be like i want to have ice cream every day I'm like fine, have ice cream every day, but just remember how much, right? A portion is is important. And today you ran, so absolutely you can. So I I try to do what I'm doing for myself, just making sure that if, if I haven't done any physical activity, then maybe I should look at what I'm eating, and sort of balance that. So it's uh, it's a lot. <laughs> That's really good that that you you know I think
1: because you have that philosophy. you know, for yourself, it sounds like your daughter, because she's, um, she's middle school age, she's, um, so so she's, sounds like she's mirroring, you know, what she sees you do, because she eats, sounds like she eats pretty healthy, and, and kind of has a very common sense, you know, approach to like, okay, I'm going to enjoy a scoop of ice cream, and um, just make sure I'm, you know, moving my body and eating mostly healthy. So that's really good.
0: Yeah, I mean, I cannot say that I'm very good to be honest. Sometimes, like, I have slipped and like eaten all kinds of things. And but uh, the good thing is that she has great self control, which I sometimes don't have. And so, if she has had like ice cream, she would be like, ah, "I had too much sweet today. I don't feel like having chocolate after dinner." So it's it's very. Uh, I'm very happy that she actually has that that she doesn't feel like eating it. I, on the other hand, don't have that much self-control. So I have to honestly be I have to work really hard on that. <laughs> so, it's interesting. I can learn a little thing or two from her actually.
1: Yeah. And I think with, uh, especially for moms, because you're, you're, your mom, your wife, you're, you know, you're professional, you work. I know sometimes feeling the overwhelm and being busy, sometimes that can lead to, You know, you were mentioning about just, you know, maybe overindulging or, um, you you know, going eating beyond the point of fullness, which I've done that myself. Sometimes we're just enjoying it and eating and eating. And then we realize, like, wait, why why do I feel why does my stomach feel weird the next day?
0: Yeah. And I think I read that on your blog, um, on your website, that uh, the the idea of uh, conscious eating, I think that was on your website too, right? I think that's something that mo- a lot of us don't do <laughs> is conscious eating. Yeah. And it's, and,
1: and it's made such a difference for myself and um, the women I work with. And, you know, we're human. So of course, like, there's days where of course, like it, I haven't dealt with, you know, stress and being emotional. And I've had too much of a snack, a binge, so to speak, in the evening. But once you learn the process of, okay, being mindful of what you're eating and, you know, putting away the phone, turning off the TV, and then actually eating your dinner, then it becomes easier to go back to that baseline or that foundation and not beat yourself up for yeah you had like three slices of cake or whatever the the extra <laughs> indulgence is
0: yeah totally, so while we're on this subject, I think it's a great uh, segue to talk about a couple of myths uh we have uh, when it comes to nutrition for women's health, especially working women's good, good working women because uh, you know, as you rightly said, we are doing a million things at a time, so uh let so why don't we talk a little bit about uh, what are the common things that we mistake uh, in terms of nutrition and how we can fix that?
1: I I would say one of the top ones is surrounding fat intake. So um, fat is, we, our body needs fat, just like it needs protein, it needs carbohydrates. Um, and it's the kind of fats you eat and how it's prepared. So I know that most women are aware of, and I know you mentioned it earlier about like the healthy fats, so avocado, uh, peanut butter, olive oil. Um, But we tend to vilify uh, saturated fat completely. So even foods like paneer, uh, which paneer the way like my growing up, my mom would do it cubed and fried, you know, and that's, of course, that tastes great. And that's what you get in the restaurants too. And at weddings, um, but in fried form is not ideal. Um, you know, just plain raw paneer, you know, either just eaten like that or, you know, um, sauteed with some vegetables that saturated fat in small amounts acts is actually healthy and okay. As long as you have it balanced out with those avocados, um, hemp seeds, you know, um, uh, peanut butter, things like that. So I think the biggest myth is like that you have to completely cut fats from your diet, mm-hmm. and then in addition to that, you know, you don't have to just stick with those the typical healthy fats, quote unquote, it's a matter of balance.
0: Uh, I know that paneer is a, in, in India, you know how people say Indian food is the healthiest. And you're right. Like, it's such a myth. It's not. <laughs> it's only how we make it. <laughs> how it, makes it healthy. And I realized it years later, right? I, I was the same way. I saw what my mom used to cook. And my mom is a pretty healthy, um, you know, chef. So I shouldn't complain much, but I have seen it. So my mom doesn't fry the paneer. she stir fries it and then she puts it in the, in the curry. And so you're right. So yeah, the uh, surrounding ourselves with good, healthy fats are actually a good thing for you not a bad thing. Yeah. So the fat, fat would, I, um,
1: subject is definitely number one. And then, um, I'd say number two, it definitely, this is just across the board and not particular to South Asian culture would be, fruits after a certain time of the day. Like huh. I, I read this, I see this a lot mentioned, you know, of course you see it on social media or um, I, I hear this banter sometimes in the office or on magazines like, oh yeah, um, I, I'm sure at one point Oprah did this. I read this a long time ago like, oh no fruit after 5 p.m. <laughs> Which oh. I mean, I don't know. I, like, so your your body is is going to gain weight if you're eating a excess of calories like you don't have a deficit so you're you're eating more calories than energy you burn and that's in the entire day and it's not going to be that banana you ate at 7 (laughs) p.m because you had a five o'clock dinner and maybe you're still hungry um you know, So don't deprive yourself of fruit. I mean, I would say if you were going to have uh, a snack, which I, it should be a couple of hours before bedtime so that your food can digest. So, of course, mm-hmm. if you're eating fruit and then you go to sleep right away, your sleep's going to be disrupted and you're going to be bloated. So that's definitely a no, but... You know, if you were to choose between, oh, should I have a bowl of blueberries at uh, six thirty or seven p.m., or should I have like, uh, you know, hot fudge sundae? I mean, of course, the blueberries are healthier. <laughs> so, right. so, so definitely, you know, don't don't be scared of having fruit after four or five p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about the the calorie deficit and then what you're taking in in general throughout right. the day.
0: Makes sense. All right. So number one, fats are, are actually not bad. Uh, in the right amount, it's good for you. Number two is fruits after hours. That's a myth. You can, in fact, have fruits after hours as long as you're eating healthier and a couple of hours before going to bed. That is true because I, I uh, most of the doctors that uh, that you know we talk to, they all say that, oh, don't eat um, anything after 8 p.m. And that's weird because what if I'm sleeping at like 12, I can still eat at eight.
1: Yeah. So, so definitely like, uh, I, I think, um, most of the, uh, doctors or physicians that, that, you know, you read about their work or maybe they have books about diet and healthy eating. Um, of course if they, you know, it's likely going on the assumption that the typical bedtime is like nine thirty or 10, sure. Uh, sure. then yeah, that would be too late. Um, But, um, yeah, so definitely a couple hours before bedtime.
0: All right. A couple of hours before bedtime. What's next?
1: Um, So for particularly for vegetarians, um, Indian vegetarians and South Asian vegetarians, it's uh, this myth that you can't get enough protein from a vegetarian diet. Um, And I've seen this definitely after I got married because I grew up, in a vegetarian household. And then my in-laws are non-vegetarian. Right. Uh, so particularly when I was pregnant, uh, I heard a lot of comments like, well, you're going to have to eat a pound of lentils to get the protein you can get from one egg. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, that was one common one. Um, or, you know, you're, you're going to get anemic if you don't eat chicken, uh, Yes, it is true that um, meat uh, red meat and, and white meat uh, do have better absorbed iron. but if you're eating a balanced vegetarian diet and not just you know pasta and you know vegetarian vegan packaged snacks, yeah. you can get the right type of nutrients
0: and protein from your diet. Right because a lot of vegetables actually have iron in it. And, uh, um, I mean, apples, there's a bunch of the things that have a lot of uh, iron and other nutrients. So,
1: yeah, I agree with that. If you saute spinach and, you know, your your lentils, you're getting, you know, extra iron in there. Um, and then you mentioned the, the smoothies that you do for your son, which, um, you know, of course, of course, are great for adults. So if you put spinach or kale in there um of course it's best or most ideal to chew those things but if you're getting like a bullet blender or something that really um you know pulverizes or crushes the the spinach that'll help release and break down the nutrients for you to be able to absorb
0: yeah i agree all right so vegetarian diet is actually going to give you good enough protein <laughs> for the day. <laughs>
1: yeah. And and then I'd say the, the next one, so I think we're on number four, would be yeah. uh, this is in particular to pregnant women, or sorry, not pregnant women, to new moms that are breastfeeding, uh-huh. uh, is that you must drink milk to produce breast milk. Uh-huh. And this is... <laughs> I mean, of course you, you need to get calcium in your diet. And so when you talk to your doctor or you talk to your nutritionist or your, you know, your coach, you want to make sure that your diet does include enough of the nutrients, including calcium, but, uh, you don't need to be drinking, you know, a full gallon of milk in order for your breast to produce milk. Uh, you nope. know, any, any physician will tell you that, you know, our body has our own way that it produces the milk um, from different systems in our body. And so maintaining overall good nutrition is good. But I, I, I heard this myself when I was nursing from um, older, you know, the, the grandparents was that, you know, you're not drinking enough milk. The milk's not going to come out if you don't drink milk.
0: Yeah, it's so funny you said that. I just had this conversation like not even a day ago with a friend of mine who's expecting her second child. And she told me the same thing. She said, I'm too tired of people telling me to drink milk because then I'll be able to produce a lot of milk for my kid. And that's just silly. It's not true um and what if I'm lactose intolerant then what (laughs) (laughs) it's it's so bizarre we've been been told some things and it just goes generation after generation and I remember being pregnant the first time and that was the first grandchild on my husband's side and oh my god we went out for 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 like a drive or something and anytime we would stop anywhere these guys are going to get down and have coffee and I would get a glass of milk and I was so sick of it I said I'm so tired of drinking milk like give me water I don't care but just don't anytime and I swear I was so sick of milk by the end of my last trimester I was just like I don't care I'm not getting more." and I was fine and so yeah it's hilarious last one is
1: um, that if juice is natural and homemade it's healthy for you. Uh, so this myth, I, I see actually in both sides of my family, um, with orange juice, of course, orange juice is basically just the filtered sugar and it yeah. is healthier for you to actually just eat the orange and get all the fiber and nutrients and not just drink, you know, six to 12 ounces of filtered sugar. Um, but, uh, my, especially my mother-in-law, will, she'll get oranges from her backyard and squeeze them. Right. And she'll say, oh, well, you know, you can have cups and cups of this because it's it's natural. It's homemade. So yeah. you can drink as much as you want. Yeah. Um, which is not true. I mean, and the same goes for if you frequent a smoothie juice bar and you are getting those bottled juices. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's celery juice, which I know is not very palatable, I've had it myself. Um, <laughs> I've tried it. And I'm like, oh my god, I can't drink this. Oh my so, but if you're getting like fresh made apple juice or orange juice, it's still sugar. So, um, you know, for the average everyday woman or man, you know, even if you're just doing a standard workout every day, definitely don't need that. you're just better off. You're better off having just an apple or two instead
0: all right actually i have to say i'm guilty because i do have a- <laughs> <laughs> although, although I-, I knew that it's not 100 percent good for you so i don't drink a lot of it i sometimes only drink like a sip i just need one sip in the morning and you're totally right it's totally sugar it's <laughs> but- and- I-, I mean if you're having a you know a couple of ounces that's that's not yeah. but you know, You're I think really, people I, I,
1: buy I, those big bottles and sip it throughout the day.
0: Oh no, and no, feel no, good no. because it's
1: from nectar or some juice bar.
0: It's not even yeah, it's if you go to Whole Foods and they have that actual machine to squeeze yes. this right? So I would justify that, you know, at least it's fresh and it's like, uh, you know, freshly squeezed. So it doesn't have any preservatives and everything. It's still sugar. You're totally right. But I have to say, I, I do have it in my in my fridge and I do <laughs> drink it. Um, but, but again, as I said, like I try not to drink, um like a lot of it, I only have like a little bit in the morning. And then I, my justification is that I'm going to go later on, work out. I just have to keep in mind that I had this juice. in there. Um, So another, a great thing is that, and I think uh, uh, you can, uh, you can let me know what, how that works. Um, I installed an app called my fitness gal. And what it (laughs) does is that you can put whatever you ate, anything you ate and even Indian food, because their database is amazing. And you put know that, oh, I had half a glass of juice, I had one boiled egg, or I had this much toast or whatever, and then it counts calories for you. And then uh, it'll let you know that by the end of the day, you took about 1,300, 1,400 calories. And then in the same time, you can actually write what you did for physically. So you can say, and you can connect it with your uh, Apple Watch and it'll tell you, oh, you did your 10,000 steps and you actually worked out half hour. Um, and then it'll subtract those calories from the stuff you ate and told you tell you what is your leftover. And I found that app to be the most helpful because not only does it count the calories, it will actually tell me in terms of nutrition what I got. So if I it, it actually tells me, okay, you had a one hard boiled egg, it gave you this much protein, this much calcium, this much iron, this much that, and it'll it's like all uh, broken down. And then the minute you reach um, limit to how much you should have daily it will you know it'll go in red and then you can see that oh today I've had way too much sodium and I should not have so maybe not have something salty for some time like just kind of lower your sodium levels and that app is amazing
1: yeah I personally so for myself I use my fitness pill and I have for gosh it's been like I think seven or eight years and so yeah it does give you a general overview of what you ate and of course if you ate out somewhere you know at mom and pop place where at least you can just plug in that yeah you had half a cup of paneer and you know two puris or something like that and so um yeah especially for you know if you know like myself and and you definitely have this as well you use it as a guide and a tool but definitely not something that you're you know fixated or get stressed out over. It's definitely a good way to kind of look at what you're eating and maybe where you can, um, you know, add in a little extra protein. Or if you are eating uh, a lot of salty foods, like where do you need to cut back? Um, And a lot of times if we're relying on like freezer meals and things like that, then you start to notice that the sodium intake is a lot higher.
0: Correct. So that actually, uh, yeah, you're totally right, and I have used it. So again, I, I totally agree that it's very easy to get obsessed over it because it'll start peeping when you are reaching your limits for the day, and it can stress someone out if you know. Um, and so, but having just something to keep in mind and like going in it once in a while to see what I've been doing so far, so far, so I like to use it only because then I'm I'm I know what I'm eating, what am I putting in my body, um, which has helped. And so I do like my, I do have a goal, uh, for losing weight only for my health purposes. And so I, i my goal is that, okay, if I just eat healthy and then work out, then it should work. Right. So I don't believe in crash dieting. I don't believe in going crazy with the workouts. I believe just like keeping a healthy lifestyle and eventually will work out at some level. No, that sounds great. I'm glad it's, it's um, been helping you
1: and you've got a really good positive philosophy and outlook on just your health and your eating. So that's really going to help you long term to, to uh, stick with your goals. Sounds
0: great. Well, this I know we are kind of running out of time, but I loved this conversation. This was so much fun. Um, I do want to let people know that uh, Abha has a, a great website. Uh, it's called Health Has No Finish Line, and she has you know blogs there. There's a bunch of information there, and you can contact her. Uh, via that website and ask questions or maybe follow her journey of nutrition and health and wellness. Uh, Abba, do you have anything else to say before we before we sign off?
1: Yeah, oh, thank you so much for having me on. And yes, your listeners can get in touch with me. Um, they're at the website if they have questions, um, if they're interested in how I work with clients or what I have to offer. And um, they can also find me on uh, social media at Health Has No Finish Line.
0: Excellent. And, uh, well,
1: on Insta- on Instagram I should say, not just social media. I'm being very
0: broad there. On Instagram at, at Health has no finish Life. I know these days people as soon as you mention social media media, it'll go to Instagram, don't worry. It's an assumption
1: that it's IG, but I just want to make sure I wasn't being too vague there. <laughs>
0: i hear you, but this was great thank you so much Abha. this was so much fun and i wish you good luck and uh, we should connect again and see how we're doing yes definitely thank you so much thank you for listening to the modern indian if you love our episode and our podcast please do subscribe to the modern indian and we are available on apple podcast stitcher spotify google podcast and everywhere else you get your pods thank you